0: Episode 73, Fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Scripture, Prayer and Reflection. Come, let us worship God, and bow low before the God who made us, for he is the Lord our God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, as we come together on this fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year B, let us acknowledge our sins, so as to prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. Lord Jesus, you are the image of the unseen God. Lord, have mercy. You are the firstborn of all creation. Christ, have mercy you are the head of the body the church lord have mercy May almighty god have mercy on us forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life amen glory to god in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill we praise you we bless you we adore you we glorify you we give you thanks for your great glory You alone are the Most High Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Keep your family safe, O Lord, with unfailing care that relying solely on the hope of heavenly grace, they may be defended always by your protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Job. Chapter 7, verses 1-4 to and 6-7 to Job spoke to his friends, Does not the human being have a hard service on earth? And are not their days like the days of a labourer, like a slave who longs for the shadow, and like a labourer who looks for their wages? So I am allotted months of emptiness, and nights of misery are apportioned to me. When I lie down I say, When shall I rise? But the night is long, and I am full of tossing until dawn. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and come to their end without hope. Remember that my life is a breath, my eye will never again see good. The Word of the Lord How good is it to sing praises to our God! For he is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem, he gathers the outcasts of Israel. The Lord heals the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars, he gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord, and abundant in power, His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden, He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing praises to the Lord, who heals the broken hearted A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Chapter 9, verses 16 to 19 and 22 to 23 Brothers and sisters, if I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward, but if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this, that in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the weak I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the Gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Christ took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. They brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighbouring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And Jesus went through Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues, and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. The readings this weekend give a wonderful insight into the core motivation for both Jesus' ministry and also his Apostle, the great Saint Paul. Scripture scholar William Barclay has some excellent insights into this. In the first reading, Paul rather concisely sums up his vision of what he's doing. His ministry is a privilege given to him by his personal encounter with the risen Lord, and yet it's also his duty He had not chosen the work, the work had chosen him. He could no more stop doing it than he could stop breathing, therefore could not question asking for payment. His task was not so much a job, but a vocation. The motivation for a vocation is not accumulation of wealth or other personal comforts, but the satisfaction of being a servant of Christ in his mission it's like a story i heard of of a professor at the university who in his retirement speech announced that he would have done his job for free because he was so committed to the work and so passionate about it i'm sure his employers would have liked to have heard that revelation sometime prior to his very last day of work though for saint paul there was nevertheless great reward he had the satisfaction of bringing the gospel freely to all people who would receive it The real reward of any task is the satisfaction of a job well done. Albert Schweitzer, the great philosopher and medical missionary, described the kind of moment which brought him the greatest happiness. Someone suffering intensely is brought into his hospital. He soothes the person by telling them that he will give them an anesthetic and will operate on them and all will be well. After the operation, he sits beside the patient waiting for him to regain consciousness. Slowly the patient opens his eyes and then whispers, in sheer wonderment, I have no more pain. That was it, not the material reward, but a satisfaction as deep as the depths of the heart itself. To have mended one shattered life. To have restored one wanderer to the right path. To have healed one broken heart. To have brought one more soul to Christ is not a thing whose reward could be measured in any monetary terms, it's a joy beyond all measurement. St. Paul uses this now famous saying that he has become all things to all people. This explains his method of ministry, and it's often misunderstood. He does not mean by this phrase that he is somehow hypocritically being one thing to one person and quite a different and contradictory thing to another. Rather, it means having the ability to get alongside someone. The person who can never see anything but their own point of view and who never makes any attempt to understand the mind and heart of others will not make a particularly good friend let alone a disciple of Christ. We can never attain to any kind of evangelism or friendship without speaking the same language and understanding the same thoughts as the other person. Now we move from the disciple to the master, Jesus. Christ's actions in today's gospel are, as usual, very inspiring and revealing. In the synagogue, Christ has spoken and acted in the most amazing way. The synagogue service has just ended, and our Lord went with his friends to Peter's house. According to Jewish custom, the main Sabbath meal comes immediately after the synagogue service at the sixth hour, that is, twelve o'clock midday. The Jewish day began at six a.m., and the hours are counted from then. Jesus might well have claimed the right to rest after the excitement and exhaustion of the synagogue service, but once again his compassion was appealed to and he spent himself for others. This miracle tells us something about three different people. First of all, it tells us something about Christ. He did not require an audience in order to exert his power. In our Lord's time, there were many so-called healers and exorcists, but they worked with elaborate spells and magical props. In contrast, in the synagogue, Christ had only spoken one authoritative sentence and the healing was complete. Here again we have the same thing. Peter's mother-in-law is suffering from a burning fever. Jesus completely disregarded the standard props that would have been used by charlatan magicians to treat such an illness, and with a gesture and a word of unique authority and power, he healed that lady. A miracle to Jesus was not a means of increasing his prestige. To heal was not a laborious or disagreeable duty. He helped instinctively, because he was interested in all who needed his help. Jesus is no hired worker. He's a friend and companion along the journey. It's not his occupation to heal. He does it out of his very nature, out of compassion and love. We learn something too about Peter's wife's mother. No sooner has she been healed than she begins to attend to their needs. She uses her recovered health for renewed service. Hence that wonderful motto that we can all say, Saved in order to serve. Jesus helps us so that we may help others. The crowds soon heard of Jesus' wondrous healing. Crowds were eager to seek him out, but it was the Sabbath, so they had to wait. Because it's against the law to carry even a sick person on a stretcher during Sabbath, that was considered work. They had, of course, no clocks or watches, so the Sabbath ran from 6pm to 6pm, the next day and the law was that the Sabbath was ended and the day had finished when three stars came out in the sky so the people of Capernaum waited until the sun had set and the stars were out and then they came carrying their sick to Jesus and he healed so many of them the people flocked to Christ they recognized in him a man who could do things the crowds came because they wanted something out of Jesus They did not probably come because they'd caught a glimpse of the new vision of the kingdom, but they wanted to use him. That's what many people wanted to do with God and his son. For one prayer that goes up to God in days of prosperity, 10,000 go up in times of difficulty. Someone has said that many people regard religion as belonging to the ambulance corps and not the firing line of life. We must all go to Jesus, for He alone can give us the things we need for life. But if that going and these gifts don't produce in us an answering love and gratitude, something's gone wrong. God is not someone to be used only in the day of misfortune. He is someone to be loved in good times and in bad. Finally, we learn something about Jesus as a man of prayer. Our Lord was left with no time. Now Jesus knew all too well that he could not abide without the significant connection he had to the Heavenly Father. If he was going to be forever giving out in service, he must at least sometimes take something in. He knew he could not live without prayer. It was essential. It was who he was. It was integral to him. So we see that Jesus never separated words and actions. And if he didn't have time, he'd get up early in the morning and make time. He never separated soul and body. The beauty of the Christian message is one that preaches and works for the good of a person's body as well as the good of their soul. Our Lord never separated earth and heaven. There are those who are so concerned with heaven that they forget all about the earth and become impractical. There are others who are so concerned with earth that they forget about heaven and limit their good to this earth's material good. But Jesus' vision was a time when God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, then earth and heaven will be united. Let us pray that all people may remain faithful to God's Word. For all members of the church, that they may respond to God's Word in ever new and relevant ways. Lord hear us. For everyone involved in Christian ministry, that their life and service may be an authentic witness to goodness. Lord, hear us. For young people, discerning their role in life, that the spirit of wisdom and courage may guide their deliberations. Lord, hear us. For all gathered here that through our lives of love, others may see God's presence in us. Lord, hear us. We pray in thanksgiving for the many blessings received and prayers answered. Lord, hear us. We pray for those who are sick and those who care for them that the Lord will give them healing, strength, and peace. Lord, hear us. For all who have died, that they may live now in eternal love forever with God, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Loving God, teach us to live in faith and let your word make its home in us. We offer these prayers in the name of Jesus, who is Lord for forever and ever. Amen. O Lord our God, who once established these created things to sustain us in our frailty, grant, we pray, that they may become for us now the sacrament of eternal life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just Our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For by his birth he brought renewal to humanity's fallen state, and by his suffering cancelled out our sins. By his rising from the dead he has opened the way to eternal life, and by ascending to you, O Father, he has unlocked the gates of heaven. And so, with a company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, Heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Let them thank the Lord for his mercy, his wonders for the children of men. For he satisfies the thirsty soul, and the hungry he fills with good things. Let us pray. O God, who have willed that we be partakers in the one bread and the one chalice, Grant us, we pray, so to live, that made one in Christ, we may joyfully bear fruit for the salvation of the world. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Faith, Hope and Love, a Time of Christian Worship and Reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. The texts used in this program are for the purposes of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. Prayers and chants are taken from the English Translation of the Roman Missal, Edition 3, Copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy, ICEL. Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989, by the National Council of Churches of Christ, USA. Adaptations to conform with Catholic liturgical norms, copyright 2009, by the same. Faith, Hope and Love Theme Words based on 1 Corinthians 13, 4-13 and set to original music copyright 1996 and 2016 by Paul W. Kelly. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. Contact us at paulwkelly68 at gmail.com. May God bless and keep you.